This is Ireland's 100 to 102 Today FM. Over the course of election 2016 on Today FM, we'll have interviews with all four of the major party leaders. But before Christmas, we also interviewed the leaders or representatives of parties who are fighting their first election in 2016. Renewa, the Social Democrats, the Independent Alliance founded by Shane Ross, and the combined anti-austerity alliance People Before Profit. So in case you missed it over Christmas, here is our interview with Senator Paul Bradford of Renewa. Well, I suppose uh, without going overboard with the cliche, I hope Renewa is about new politics. It certainly is a new political party. We were formed in order to bring about change to politics, to open up politics, to ensure that that politics and government is done differently in this country. And I I suppose from a philosophical perspective, we would be very much geared towards the idea of, you know, job creation and job creators and making work pay and devising a tax system, which is not about punishing people, but about encouraging people to work and to create work. So in a very brief summary, I think that's, uh, you know, who and what we are. Uh, At the risk of asking what is probably a rhetorical question, you, you want new politics What's wrong with old politics, current politics? What, what, what needs changing with that? Well, I think there are a lot of very good people in current politics and I suppose I would be the first to concede that virtually everybody elected to Leinster House down the years set out to do a good job. Sometimes it went wrong. And, you know, we've had in this country over 40, 50, 60 years this economic cycle of boom and bust, uh, recovery and recession followed by recovery followed by recession. And a lot of the difficulties, in my view, are caused by political decision-making. And the fact that we don't have sufficient all debate. We have a bizarre system of politics now in this country where three or four people within government, and this has been the case over the past, uh, I suppose, decade or so, really take all of the decisions. Uh, government backbenchers, not to mind the opposition, are kind of ir- irrelevant, are excluded from any decision making. So we, we don't have the uh, weighty, significant political debate even within Leinster House, I think, which is, is required. So I think that's one thing about whole politics, uh, good or bad, which certainly needs changing. Now, I know Renewa is trying to attract members from people of all parties and none and, you know, good good luck to you and I think everyone should probably try to do that. But certainly in terms of your Oireachtas members, you are uh, formerly a Fine Gael senator. You have three TDs, all of whom were also yeah. elected as Fine Gael last time around. Um, a lot of people would have thought that if you wanted to change politics, that it probably would have been easier to do it from within the largest government party rather than trying to set up a new uh, outfit with all the, the, the handicaps and problems that go with that and to try and do it from outside government. Well, of course, the factual reality is that the the four Rockless members to whom you referred, myself included, we were expelled from the Fine Gael Parliamentary Party and at the time the, uh, the Taoiseach said we wouldn't ever again be candidates for the Fine Gael Party. So that certainly uh, shut the stable door pretty firmly. But um, I think we have to look ahead rather than look back. And within the party, there are people from different political backgrounds and none and I suppose it's significant that the very first person to stand on um, the Renewal banner in an election campaign, Councillor Patrick McKeon Kilkenny didn't come from the Fine Gael, Jean Poole he was a former member of Fianna Fáil and as, as of now the, the uh, candidates contesting the next general election for Renewal, you know, do have people formerly from Fine Gael, from Fianna Fáil but the majority of people who had no previous uh, political affiliation and certainly never appeared in the ballot paper for any other political party. So we have a nice mix and um, uh, that's what we set out to achieve and uh, hopefully that's, that's what we're achieving slow but sure. Now you mentioned the, the reason why uh, yourself and the other three Oireachtas members were all uh, expelled from the Fine Gael Parliamentary Party and we won't harp on about it because there's more to the party than that um, but obviously it was all because you voted against the Protection of Life During Pregnancy Bill when it was going through the Oireachtas at various stages. Um, is it going to be difficult for Renewa to shake off the perception among the some of the people in the public that Renewa basically exists only as a vehicle for that pro-life view of the world? Well, I think there are 
some people, you know, who wish to cling to that uh, impression and who wish to put that uh, tag around us and about us. But you don't think um, it's fair? I don't think it's fair because uh, within the current list of candidates for the Renewal Party, there are people with very different views on, on, on social matters. On the basis that we were expelled from the Fine Gael Party because of not being allowed to vote according with our conscience, we set out a very clear parameter in relation to party membership and and putting your name forward as a candidate on matters of of genuine uh, conscience. Uh, people would not be whipped by the party. There wouldn't be a party view. People would be entitled to to, to, to speak their own views. So uh, you know, uh, social issues cannot define our party because we have a very open policy uh, of freedom of conscience. Does this frustrate you a little bit now that? Enda Kenny has uh, apparently changed his ways and that the next time there is some sort of public debate about abortion, the right to life, the right to choice, all of that area, that he now appears willing to offer a free vote in future, the sort of free vote which would have kept you within the party of which you were a lifelong member? No, it, does, it doesn't, Naomi. And, and, and perhaps if, if the Taoiseach has, has learned from what I think were the mistakes he made in 2013, that's a good thing, not just for Fianna Gael, but for politics. And we need to see a lot more uh, free votes in, in, in politics because one of the ironies of the whip system is that it allows, in many instances, uh, politicians to hide behind the, the veil of the party and you know to claim that, oh, I'm not in favour of this, I'm not in favour of that, but I had to do it because of the whip. So I think that the, the more occasions on which elected members of Dáil and Chanadairn are held to account for their views and their votes, the better. We need, we need, we need open politics and I think, I think you asked earlier about what's wrong with politics in, in this country and you know so much of the wrong decision making particularly during the Celtic Tiger period occurred because people didn't ask questions. I'm sure there were many people in Fianna Fáil during the Celtic Tiger era of excess who were worried about some of the decisions being made at, at cabinet level, some of the expenditure plans, uh, but they didn't seem able to speak out and certainly didn't vote against any of those policies. So I think the people elected to all in the next election, 158 TDs will be elected by the people. Each and every one of those representatives, you know, should have the national interest at their very, very core. And I think uh, the imposition of a whip should really only apply um, on a tree-line basis for serious budgetary uh, matters. It's very much the norm all across the developed uh, political systems of, of Europe that that, that except for very rare occasions uh, people are entitled to vote as they see fit look across the water at, at Britain where the vast majority of votes are not tree line whip votes where on many occasions governments are, are defeated and uh, the, you know, the sky doesn't fall down you saw it barely more than 12 months ago when David Cameron trying to propose a motion in relation to Syria a significant number of his own um, um, members voted against him um, so that's, that in my view is, is mature politics where people uh, vote according uh, to their their own views and more importantly I suppose are held accountable for their own views and their own votes and are unable to hide behind the so-called party whip. And I think a lot of people probably do, uh, people from outside would certainly be frustrated with the party whip because it essentially means that the opinion of the party leadership is what rules the country rather than the opinions of everyone else. But it is also the way that historically Irish politics has worked and every government with perhaps the exception of this one because of the size of the majority they have they are reliant on whips to get stuff through. Um, now, with the greatest of respect, Renewa is probably not going to be the majority party in any future government. So you're going to have to be a minority party in someone else's, um, you know, you're going to be taking a slice of someone else's cake, if you want to put it that way. Um, is the fact that you want to relax the whip system not going to be a bit of an impediment because it means that any the leadership of any other party can't always rely on Renewa TDs to vote through their policies? 
you said there, and it's interesting that the whip system is how, you know, how politics worked, but in my view, it's how politics failed. Now, um, the next government, and we wish to be a party of government, we're not a protest party who just want to complain, we want to get things done in government. It's not always the the largest party which sets the pace or sets the agenda. Certainly in the current government in relation to social policies, the the matters have been completely directed by the smaller Labour Party, not the bigger Fine Gael Party. But in relation to to the issue of of, of free votes, it's something which we, if we were lucky enough, I'm, I'm not too arrogant to suggest we will be in government. Firstly, let us be in the doll and then hopefully enough of us in in the doll to be part of the government. It, it's an issue we will try to press strongly and, you know, if the Taoiseach has already given a, a concession in relation to um, a free vote in relation to uh, the abortion issue, um, that's a sign, I think, that there's a recognition um, that people need a little bit of, of, of flexibility in the Chamber of Dáilear and that they can truly represent the views of all of their constituents and not just a small, you know, sectional, narrow view. Sure. Um, going back to the question of what it is that Renewa actually wants and what its vision for the country is, obviously um, Renewa being a young party doesn't have a previous record in office that it can point to. So is there one thing that you would identify that the current government has done in the lifetime of this doll that had Renewa been in power, it would have done differently? I'm sure there are many instances I could uh, I could talk about, but just from the, from a procedural position, if one reflects on on the Irish Water debacle, that whole piece of legislation went through the Chamber of Dáilear not in the, in a few hour in a few days, but in in a few hours. It was government politics and Dáil politics at its absolute worst. The, the last or second last day of, of, of the Dáil before Christmas two years ago, I think three or four hours set aside for, for, for debate. You know, So that sort of inadequate uh, Dáil preparation, inadequate Dáil debating, uh, government absolutely failing to listen to sensible amendments and suggestions from the opposition, that's, that's one issue which I hope wouldn't have occurred in the way it occurred if we had had, had some degree of influence at that stage. So in a way you make it sound like then that, that governments have always basically been closed-minded about constructive criticism and that is ultimately what Renew's mission is to change. Well, I don't think they always have been. Sometimes it depends on the, the arithmetic of the Dáil. I, I recall, for instance, at the time of the Tala strategy, when the, the then Fine Gael leader, Alan Jukes, in a, in a, in a move, I think, of great political courage, decided to allow uh, the Fianna Fáil government to remain in power once it pursued a certain line of, of, of policy, very much directed by the outgoing Fine Gael-led government. There was a lot of very positive interaction at that stage between government and opposition. The government certainly were obliged and responded to a lot of opposition amendments, and it was good for the country, and it was good for, for politics. I, I think we have we have you know developed this kind of punch and duty kind of Irish politics where the government always says yes and the opposition says no, or vice versa, and... Tweedledum, Tweedledee politics really has has failed the country. And what disappoints me is that, as I said earlier, the vast, vast majority of, of people in politics are in it for the right, right reason, want to be constructive, but they're very constrained by the current rules surrounding, you know, the, the, the work of government and, and the work of the doll. So... Um, as a country, I think we could be liberated politically by by, by small changes uh, to the systems within Linster House and we'd like to be very much driving some of that change. And, and imagine one of those systems is probably the way in which the system is designed because right now I think it is probably fair to say that it does discriminate against new entrants. Um, one of the, the, the major thresholds that Renewa or any other party needs to meet really if it is to stay alive is that you need to get 
2% of the national vote at the next general election. That is made easier if you have more candidates. How many do you currently have right now? Um, as of today, I think we have 17 or 18. We certainly hope to have another 8 or 10 announced over the next week, 10 so days. So you'd be looking or, at 25 or, or, or to 30? Well, yes, hopefully hopefully a minimum 30 in my view. Um, and the threshold is is important. But the entire you know, funding of politics is something which, again, uh, must be reflected upon. For instance, the taxpayer is still handing over uh, hundreds of thousands of euro per annum uh, to our former party in respect of the, 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 the five people who were uh, kicked out of the party. Um, it wasn't that we were getting that money individually, but it had been given to our party. You know, yeah, the party gets uh, it on your behalf. The party yeah. gets it on our behalf. The party still gets it on our behalf, even though we're no longer in the party. So silly, uh, um, you know, um, matters like that need to be need to be addressed. But uh, when there was a reform of the funding of politics uh, some years ago, you know, much of it was welcome. But there appears to have been. Uh, almost a conspiracy with, between the parties who were within the system to try to make it impossible for new parties uh, to emerge. And the fact that, you know, 13 million euros per annum every year of taxpayers' money is being given to the, the people in situ, the people who are in the big parties, um, makes makes life very difficult, really, for, for smaller and new parties. That's one of the first mountains we have to climb. And, you know, we're climbing it slowly, um, but it... it it makes it different. It's almost as if the system is designed to ensure that there can be no change, that you can go from Tweedledum to Tweedledee, but that there can be no fundamental change. So if we were lucky enough to be in a position to influence either the next government directly or indirectly, um, it's something I think on behalf of you know uh, the, the future of politics that we would have to try to ensure uh, w- would change to um, level the playing field because um, it, it's not appropriate, I think, the taxpayers' money is being spent to uh, corral the uh, major political parties, you know, into safety from new parties. So really it's a system that you want to change, not just for yourselves, but really for everyone else? Oh, well, yes, because, you know, politics shouldn't be static. And I would hope that there will be always new people coming forward and that every now and then, you can't have a new political party every week, but every now and then some grouping uh, might be in a position to come together. And I think they, they must be allowed play on a level playing pitch. And it, it doesn't exist at the moment. No point in that whinging about it. We knew what we were getting into when we were, you know, setting up Renault. We knew what the challenges w- would be. Um, and certainly the, the, the funding and the finances is, is a very big challenge. Finally, Paul, is there anyone, uh, hypothetically, if you get a lot of those 35 or 30 candidates elected um, and you perhaps hold the balance of power in the next all, is there anyone who, at this point, you can hypothetically say that you would be prepared to work with or that you would be not prepared to work with if you held the balance of power in government? Again, I'm entering cliche land now, but, um, you know, we believe ourselves to be a party of policy and political ideas. So it's really a question of, you know, whose ideas and whose proposals would fit uh, most readily with us. Now, we have already said, and we can only work on the basis of, you know, what's on the table already from uh, the, the, the agendas of the various political parties, uh, that the, uh, the Sinn Féin economic manifesto and the Sinn Féin economic view of the world is something which we would fundamentally uh, disagree with. Um, whether they're going to change their economics or not, I'm not sure. But uh, we, you know, we simply couldn't work from an economic per- perspective with, with Sinn Féin. I absolutely recognise the the equal electro- electoral mandate of every single political party and every independent in in, in Leinster House. So it's, it's nothing personal in that regard. But I mean, you you have to have I think politicians coming together who have a reasonable degree of commonality in relation to to policy. And you know, we we would have nothing uh, policy wise in in common with the Sinn Féin party at. The moment. I have seen, of course, parties change their 
their policies. I mean, I suppose, um, you know, I saw uh, the Workers' Party morphing into Democratic left and being well, you know, uh, to the left of the Labour Party. And some years later, they were actually part of a very effective government which John Bruton is Taoiseach. So times bring about change but you know facing to the general election and, and who will govern the country for the next um, five years or thereabouts I think it's important that you have a pretty cohesive group of people working together in government and one of the questions I think which you know people must now ask themselves is the, 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 the cohesiveness between uh, between Fine Gael and, and Labour um, it made up the numbers the last time in an almost national government like fashion uh, but as of now uh, they're bringing forward separate pr- political ideas which are very, very different and I just I just have to wonder about uh, the cohesion. I mean, you know, they speak about stability but their economic agenda appears to be going in a very uh, uh, divergent position so I'm not sure how, how co- cohesive or coherent that would be either. That was Paul Bradford of Renua. You can hear interviews with the representatives from the other new parties elsewhere on this podcast feed. 100 to 102 Today FM.